Yama, I'm your host, Nairi Pakai, and welcome to NITV Radio for this Friday, 22nd of December. Coming up on today's show, we revisit Conversations on Country podcast series with proud Waramai elders, Auntie Lynn Davis and Auntie Janice Paulson. Share stories from growing up on the mid-north coast of New South Wales. And we share a story from NITV News from Summer Yarn Series. All these stories and more coming to you after the news weekly wrap-up on NITV Radio. Australia Day 1972 saw the first Aboriginal embassy directed outside Parliament. The native title legislation must be amended. And they walked this land so many times before anybody came. I am sorry. New data suggests around 74,700 Indigenous people received support from specialist homelessness services in 2022 and 23. The Australian Institute of Health and Welfare has found in Victoria there was a record rate of First Nations people seeking help for homelessness. It comes as frontline homelessness services call for more support as they struggle to provide aid to a record number of people. A United Nations report has described practices used in Australian prisons as inhumane regarding, and in certain cases, even torturous. The scathing report into Australia's treatment of prisoners has been delivered by the UN despite initial attempts to block the inspection. A UN subcommittee on the prevention of torture tried to enter the country in October 2022, but they were forced to put uh, and push back their trip as they were denied access to several facilities in New South Wales and Queensland. According to the report, children had been handcuffed and shackled on a routine basis without consideration on whether such measures were necessary. Residents in far north Queensland town of Cooktown have welcomed people fleeing floodwaters in the Aboriginal community of Wadjil to Australian Two Australian Defence Force Chinook helicopters have relocated around 200 people over two days after Wadjil Wadjil was devastated by flooding caused by ex-tropical cyclone Jasper. On one stage during the cyclone, Cooktown received almost 340 millimetres of rain in 24 hours, beating the previous December daily record mark of 195 millimetres set way back in 1907. Kylie Hanslaw is the Chief Executive of Wadjil Wadjil Community Shire Council. We need to look at where the available land is to build higher and to build better for community um, to get people back as quickly as possible. We need to have the ADF come in. We need to get the commitment that the ADF is going to come in um, and clear the roads and clean up and 
um, help us to rebuild, have those engineers in there and the assessors and help us to rebuild. We need that commitment. People affected by ex-tropical cyclone Jasper in North Queensland will be able to apply for government assistance. The disaster recovery payment is a one-off payment of $1,000 per eligible adult and $400 per eligible child who suffered a significant loss as a result of the floods. The local council areas eligible include Cairns, Cassowary Coast, Mariba, Tablelands and Wadjawadjil. Emergency Management Minister Murray Watt told ABC income assistance will also be available. What we know is that there are a lot of areas that are cut off at the moment as well and there'll be an income support payment available for people who can't get to work or can't get to their business of up to 13 weeks at the job seeker level. So that builds on the earlier assistance we've provided but they'll be available from 2pm today. A change in leadership for Northern Territory has been made official with former Treasurer Eva Lawler being sworn on Thursday. Ms Lawler was chosen unanimously by the Labor government following a caucus on Wednesday night. Former Chief Minister Natasha Files, who handed in her resignation on Monday after it was revealed she maintained undisclosed shares in a mining company, will move to the backbench. Ms Lawler says her main focus is on the citizens' wellbeing, the economy and the creation of more employment opportunities. I know that a change of leadership can be unsettling, especially at this time of the year, and I want to assure Territorians that my focus is only on you. My job is to make sure we continue to diversify and grow the Territory economy, create jobs and ensure a safe and prosperous Territory for us all. An out-of-control bushfire in Western Australia's Wheat Belt region is putting the lives and properties of people at risk. Emergency services have inc- issued warnings for parts of West Today, Kundal and Jilamar around 100 kilometres northwest of Perth. The Department of of Fire and Emergency Services says five members of the firefighting crew suffered minor injuries after their truck tipped over. One of them, a male in his 40s, was taken to Northam Hospital to receive treatment. Earlier this week, New Zealand Prime Minister Christopher Luxon arrived in Sydney to meet Prime Minister Anthony Albanese and discuss the two countries' security and economic relationships. Prior to the trip, Mr Luxon said greater focus is needed on improving the business environment in both New Zealand and Australia. It's his first official visit to Australia since becoming Prime Minister, with talks expected to focus on regional security and cross-Tasman trade. Mr Luxon has paid tribute to the relationship between the countries. Uh, I am very pleased that the trans-Tasman bond remains as strong as ever. And it's been forged through that Anzac spirit on the beaches of Gallipoli, but more importantly by 80 years of diplomatic representation and, as the Prime Minister said, 40 years of our closer economic relationship. The federal government will invest around $500 million in protecting native wildlife as its efforts continue to combat the $30 billion wildlife trafficking industry. Federal Environment Minister Tanya 
Plibersek met with staff at Sydney's Taronga Zoo to discuss the ongoing investigations into wildlife trafficking. The Environment Minister says since stepping into the role, she has added dozens of new species to the endangered list, and she says the illegal trade is a key threat. This is one of the largest sources of income for criminals globally. It's about the fourth largest organised crime in the world. In our region, we believe around $30 billion a year of illegal wildlife trade by organised criminals. We've got to stamp it out, and that's why I'm very pleased that since May this year, we've seen eight operations. Uh, There are seven matters currently before the courts, and we've seen two people jailed. Housing advocates are warning the government and the opposition to avoid blaming an increase in migration for the housing crisis, which has persisted well before the recent influx. More than 40 housing, homelessness and community service organisations signed an open letter to Anthony Albanese and Peter Dutton, urging them to avoid using the migrant community as a scapegoat for the housing issue. Recent data from the Australian Bureau of Statistics reported that a record 518,000 people were added to Australia's population in 2022 to 2023 financial year due to overseas migration. Emma Greenhow is the CEO of National Shelter, an NGO aiming at improving housing access and affordability. She believes the impact of migrants on the housing crisis has been exaggerated by politicians. Attempting to avoid the inadequacy of past housing policies. We do think that it's been overstated. I think particularly when, you know, there were housing issues that occurred when the borders were closed, you know, during COVID. The main issue that we have is the fact that there is not enough housing and that was occurring during COVID. So, you know, I think what what we're seeing is, yes, there is an increase in migration, but our housing problems, you know, are not caused by migration. You know, they're adding, they might be adding an element of complexity to it, but they are not the cause of it. A road trauma support group says everyday mistakes behind the wheel can have fatal consequences after new research shows 2023 is Australia's deadliest year on roads since 2018. Data from the Australian Automobile Association shows more than 1,200 people have died on Australian roads in the last 12 months and every day over 100 people are hospitalised due to road incidences. The Amber Community, a support group for those impacted by road trauma, says road incidences can be caused by simple things like not paying enough attention. CEO Bernadette Nugent says people often assume crashes are caused by risky behaviour, like high speeds or drink driving, but everyone needs to be alert. I think that there is probably a lack of acknowledgement in the community about who is impacted by road trauma. There's a lot that's happening that is causing road trauma that are the normal everyday mistakes that people make that, you know, uh, is definitely contributing to the statistics as they are this year. The Australian Federal Police are urging Australians to take extra precaution on roads over the busy holiday period. 
The Victorian government has been given an ultimatum to either ensure hundreds of school cleaners keep the same pay and conditions or go to court. The United Workers' Union says it will launch proceedings against the government unless it directs incoming contractors, Tradeflex and Serco, to keep 700 Victorian cleaners on the same hours and conditions from the 15th of January. Outgoing company ISS has pulled out of a one-year extension of its contract in Melbourne's western and northeastern suburbs, leaving cleaners without a job just days before Christmas. The union says the new contractors won't start hiring cleaners to work until the 15th of January and will cut existing pay rates and hours, costing workers up to $11,000 a year. In a letter to Victoria's Education Minister Ben Carroll, the union accuses the government of having been aware of, directed in and participated in contraventions of occupational health and safety laws and the Fair Work Act. A number of toys have been removed from store shelves in a pre-Christmas crackdown on dangerous items. Christmas ones, toys with buttons, batteries and those with small high-powered magnets are among items removed from sale. The New South Wales Fair Trading says investigators visited 975 retailers and one toy supplier to check on more than 17,000 products to ensure dangerous toys and decorations are taken off the shelves before Christmas. It said 69 products were found to be non-compliant or illegal in the clampdown. People selling non-compliant toys risk fines of up to $500,000, while corporations face penalties of up to $10 million. In football, Melbourne City striker has revealed he will not be part of Socceroos squad to take part in the 2023 Asian Cup in Qatar. The revelation comes as a surprise with McLaren featuring prominently for both club and country, scoring a hat-trick in Australia's recent 7-0 win over Bangladesh for the 2026 World Cup qualifiers. It comes after midfielder Massimo Luongo announced his resignation from the international football a day earlier, saying that he wants to focus on his efforts with his club in Ipswich. McLaren, who has scored 11 goals in 32 appearances with the Socceroos, has been vague on whether he will return to the national side. It's a decision that I've had to take. Um... Not an easy one, but you know, when he does explain his reasons, then you—I don't think I'm a guaranteed selection in that soccer squad anyway. And you know, you saw recently Maslawongo retired, and um, who knows in the next couple of months, um, maybe even discussions for myself. I, I don't really know, but yeah, I'm not really too focused on that. I'm, I'm not going to the Asian Cup, and we can just leave it at that. The announcement of the squad selection for the tournament, which is set to take place from January 12 to February 10, 2024, will be made on Friday. Also, Sydney FC's A-League women have issued a warning to their premiership rivals, Brisbane Raw, saying the reigning title winners are ready to strike again. Matilda's star, Courtney Vine, said the team is determined to win after a weekend draw with Penrith 
Glory, which ended in a goalless stalemate. The Sydney Sky Blues have endured a challenging start to the season on the road and postponed league matches due to AFC Women's Club Championship commitments. Sydney are sitting in fifth and have struggled to string consecutive wins with four of their last five matches since round one away. Raw will be equally determined to break a six-game winless streak their longest run without a victory in their history of the competition. And that is NITV Radio's news wrap-up of the week.